Hey, this is Jody Vesley. Welcome back for another episode of the Heartway Pastor Missionary Caregivers podcast. This season, we are discussing the need for care. That's the the main umbrella topic for this season. And, uh, you know, the, the point of this season is, is super obvious. We just need care. Uh, all of us, all of us need care uh, to some degree, uh, varying degrees. Um, and when we have this care, we can we can greatly benefit from it. And uh, and so throughout this season, you know, I'm just trying to raise awareness of the need for care, uh, what that might look like in your life and um, your church in hopes that maybe you might reach out uh, for some biblically sourced care uh, wherever that might be with whoever with whomever that might be uh, just <clears throat> just know that you don't have to uh, go this road alone uh, there's others out there willing and desiring to, to help and uh, encourage you along in your spiritual journey. So, uh, you know, today the, the podcast is inspired from a personal experience I just recently had that made me begin a journey of reflection, uh, self-reflection and, and digging into scripture. I would say that I had sort of a, a self-revelation, not a new revelation, but I had, you know, finally became aware of something that I conceptually understood but hadn't really experienced the benefit of until very recently and that thing is the feeling of freedom now let me explain that uh, (laughs) because I didn't just say freedom but just the feeling of it Um, recently I was at a gathering of ministers and at a church a church that I had previously spoken at during a deputation appointment about a year ago but hadn't been back to since well, my feeling of uh, the similar gathering a year ago and the gathering I had a few weeks ago was significantly different. The church was not a partner of ours in our ministry, and I felt absolutely zero pressure to change that situation this year. But last year, I did not feel that way. I felt like I really needed more partners. Um, by the way, I still do, <laughs> but I just in a way, uh, I've kind of given that over to God, uh, put that burden off my shoulders on God's shoulders. Uh, so I don't have so much, uh, daily internal pressure, uh, to, to, to do something really, I have no control over, uh, very little control over. So I just had to transfer that burden over to Jesus and, and I'm trusting him to provide somehow in some way. Uh, anyways, a year ago, I felt like I needed to go around to those who were involved with that particular church and explain my ministry over a few days and make sure they knew me and I knew them. And this time I spent, this time recently, I spent most of the time just doing my ministry, uh, the Heartway ministry, and, and not making an effort to build partnership in our ministry with with that particular church or any church there. Um, I wasn't looking uh, for that. And this the feeling was incredibly different this this recent time versus a year ago. 
I went from being stressful to enjoyable. And I say, I say that to say the biggest difference to me and what it all seemed to come back to was the feeling of freedom. I had enslaved myself without realizing it to a potential partnership a year ago. Uh, And this time I did not put that restriction on myself, but instead uh, I decided just to be, just to be with Christ. Um, And I think we've talked about this, uh, the idea of being, not doing. There's a podcast episode on that in our, in our podcast, an earlier episode. And I I encourage you to, to, uh, to listen to that if you haven't. But yeah, there's an idea of just like, being with Christ and not necessarily doing everything uh, that you feel like you need to do, but you don't necessarily need to do. Uh, Because if we get into that mindset, uh, we can't ever do as much as we would like to do. Uh, and in the in the in the scope and the whole world being lost and there's being all these things that we feel like we need to do is just very overwhelming. And so I encourage this attitude and thought of being with Christ instead of doing for Christ. And being produces doing, but it's a it's a different mindset and heart and going about it. Like I said, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I would encourage you to. Anyways, about the story I was talking about, long story short, I not only enjoyed this particular event much more this time, but I felt the event to be much more fruitful in terms of what happened through our time with people uh, for a purpose of encouragement, edification, getting to know new people with the goal of encouraging them, and just a time of reflection and sensitivity to the Spirit's leading. Uh, After that event, I began to see how many times without realizing it, we may begin to enslave ourselves to things, people, laws, traditions, or restrictions. And this can greatly affect our well-being, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And if we look at Galatians, you know, a huge part of Galatians is about freedom in Christ and not living as slaves to the law. Uh, Galatians 5.1 says, Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. See, the churches of Galatia were struggling with living under the law as slaves instead of under grace as though free in Christ. So the Galatians were free in Christ, but they didn't feel free. They still felt enslaved to the law. And Paul was trying to change their understanding and feeling of the law and freedom. And, uh, and so the main, the main point I want to get across today is don't enslave yourself to the law or laws or traditions or restrictions or any people or situations or things. Uh, and we're, we're going to look specifically and, and unpack this thought a little bit more. Uh, we're going to look specifically at some common things or people that we unscripturally enslave ourselves to. Uh, The first one I want to discuss is the desire to please others or the desire to not displease others. Uh, You know, this is both of these things are kind of go hand in hand, right? When we desire to be people pleasers, uh, we want to see them pleased, but we also don't want to see people displeased, Uh, (laughs) uh, which is really it's it's really an impossible situation. and And it puts you in a real predicament and it's not a scriptural like it's not a scriptural idea anyways 
uh, we're to love others, uh, we're to uh, love others as we love ourselves, or to be sacrificial, but we're never called to be people pleasers or people who um, go out of their way to not displease people. And, and some people equate that with love, but that's not necessarily the case. And so,、uh, you know. And the, this whole idea of the desire to please others or the desire to not please others, really, in this case, we're becoming slaves to people.、Uh, and a lot of times, this desire is based on false perception, right? We feel like others aren't pleased with us, or we feel like we may displease them if we do or don't do XYZ in a certain way. Let me give you some examples. At church, people may feel like they need to please those at the church, maybe specifically some pastors or spiritual leaders in the church. They may mask themselves, right, because of this, mask themselves and pretend to be something they really aren't so that they can, in fact, please the spiritual leaders or at least not displease them. And,、uh, you know, when we do this, this hurts、uh, both the one masking themselves. And the entire church, right? There's no chance for healing in this case among the one that's hurting. And if one member is struggling, it affects the rest of the body.、Uh, we, we, we get that illustration from scripture, right?、Uh, it's parts of the body in a church. And so for pastors,、uh, that's, that's, that's one example for, for, for church members.、Uh, here's another example,、uh, example for pastors.、Uh, we may feel the need. Please or not displease what who we feel to be significant, right? In quotes, people in the church.、Uh, this is very dangerous.、Uh, we need to make sure we remain in the shepherding position and don't let the sheep overtake us in the shepherding position or change our shepherding due to a small minority of sheep. So, what does this look like practically?、Um, you know,、uh, those who, who may. Uh, make more,、uh, be more financially well off.、Uh, there may be a、uh, concern among, an extra concern among the pastor to take extra special care of these people and their desires. And so, in, in some form, they almost become slaves to their desires and wishes and concerns and what they feel to be their concerns and their desires. And it just makes a huge, huge mess of things. And is really, really, really bad for the church and the pastor.、Um, that was an example for, for pastors. For missionaries, here's another example.、Uh, we may feel the need to please or not displease our partnering churches or potential partnering churches.、Uh, in doing so, we can make ourselves slaves to their demands and be tempted to bend the truth, which is really lying. In order to please or not displease them. This happens、uh, primarily in、uh, report writing.、Uh, truth is bent、um, so as to better please partners or at least not displease them. And this is just a shame because we've just really missed the point of the Great Commission and the point of partnerships and the point of mission work. And it's all been screwed up by our idea of success and our idea of partnership and financial support and looking at missionaries as investments and all these things that I've addressed in previous episodes that I still、uh, 
do not like, but it's a reality that, that happens and I'm trying to address this mentality and get people at least aware of it so there might be some change uh, and, and less churches having this mentality, less missionaries with this mentality, less pastors and people with this mentality. Uh, another common thing or, or, or person that we uh, unscripturally enslaves our, ourselves to, um, those who give us money or care, like our employers or the government, in some cases churches, uh, in some cases investors, in some cases, etc. So again, this is another form of being a slave to people. Um, yes, we should never bite the hand that feeds us, right? but we must understand that that hand is ultimately God's hand. Um, so we are, yes, we are to love others as ourselves, but that doesn't mean giving in to those who give us money at our every whim. We need to learn a word, right? And that word is no. We need to learn to not answer a phone call during important moments with our family and friends because we are afraid of uh, repercussions or potential repercussions of not answering that call. Uh, it is a sick feeling to be enslaved to an employer or a lender or a church. By the way, if you are enslaved to a church um, and you're a member, uh, and, and you, you feel as a slave to that church, um, I think it would be wise to go through uh, what a cult is. What is a cult? Because, you know, we sometimes feel comfortable in denominations like it's an extra protection. And it, and it can provide an extra pr protection, but uh, churches have a way of transforming slowly over years. And, uh, you know, there's been cases where specific churches have become like a cult. Uh, I mean, I'm listening recently. I've been li listening recently to the rise and fall of uh, Marcilla, a massive church plant that was there in Seattle, um, 15,000 people, I think, at one time, and it pretty much dissipated uh, overnight. And uh, it, in some ways, uh, over over time, it became like a cult, and uh, people realized this, and, and there were some issues with pride and various things that would be prevalent in a cult-type situation. And so, uh, you know, Thankfully, that that whole thing came to an end, uh, and it and, and uh, it just it just happens that way. Uh, it can happen that way, and so uh, I say all this to <laughs> to say this. Um, I don't. I think I would encourage every single person listening to uh, go through a check to see if your church is like a cult. Uh, I think most people that are in cults or going into cults don't realize that the church is a cult. Otherwise, they wouldn't get into it. So how do you know uh, if you're a part of a cult? Uh, so before I get into this short list of, of a few things, uh, if any of these are a yes, I highly recommend that you seek some wise counsel outside of the church you're in uh, among several, several uh, wise counselors and in, in, in discerning your next steps. Uh, one, one way, uh, one identifier of a cult is uh, there is an author authoritarianism uh, among the leadership without accountability. Uh, another, another thing, uh, characteristic of a cult, uh, there is zero tolerance for criticism or questions. Uh, third characteristic, 
unreasonable fears about the outside world that often involve evil conspiracies and persecutions. And uh, fourth, and there's there's more. Uh, here's a, a fourth characteristic of a cult: uh, belief that former followers are always wrong for leaving, and there is never a legitimate reason for anyone else to leave. Uh, and oftentimes, that's followed up by people getting uh, kind of followed and and chased after, and uh, there's just this big feeling of guilt. Uh, upon leaving uh, the cult that's that's placed uh, that's, uh, and the guilt comes from what people say and do and not, and not from God and so these are just some uh, again some of the characteristics of a cult if any one of these are true again please address it um, yeah so uh, obviously uh, former examples I mean uh, we can become uh, a slave to a church, right? If we can't say no uh, to people asking us to do things when we can't do them uh, because we feel guilty if we don't follow through. Again, that would be something that uh, would be a question of concern. Is it you uh, that's creating that guilt because of unrealistic pressures you place on yourself or is it because of the church? something to consider uh also uh, for missionaries um you know you don't want to be a slave right to your partnering churches or sending church i don't want to have that mentality um you don't want to be a slave to the uh to your employer and not being able to tell your employer no when it's necessary um Right? Because it's, it's ultimately God's money and care for us. Anyways, I mean, the promise in Matthew chapter 6, that if we put him first, he promises to take care of our needs. So we need to have trust in that promise and understand that uh, God is much bigger than anybody in our life and any employer, no matter how wealthy and influential and powerful they are. Uh, number three, uh, another, another thing or person that we commonly unscripturally enslave ourselves to uh that would be our routine uh what we do from the moment we wake up until we fall asleep uh, we've heard of this terminology being a slave to your routine and routines are fine and can be a really good thing as long as we know become slaves to a routine which is not being willing to adjust when necessary also uh feeling like a failure when you miss out on your routine so if you, for instance, if you miss your quiet time with God in the morning, uh, so what? <laughs> Don't throw rocks at me uh, for, for saying that, but uh, I feel like, you know, we've created a situation in guilt. And then there was a time I felt guilty uh, going through seminary and from some of the teaching I had received and, and heard that I just felt, you know, in, in deep guilt about something I didn't need to feel, feel guilt about. And that guilt wasn't coming from God, it was coming from people. Uh, and, the, and the ideas they placed about God in my head that weren't necessarily scriptural. So if you miss your quiet time in the morning, so what? When you miss it, do it when you can. <laughs> uh, just because you miss it in the morning doesn't mean you can do it later in the day. In fact, I like to do the idea of having a quiet time, uh, a shorter quiet time throughout the day. Uh, not to say anything negative about people who do a long quiet time in the morning, that's it. I mean, do what you feel like you need to do to have time with God, but uh, we've, you know, 
we, we just hammer that too much I think sometimes and make people feel guilty when uh, about that kind of thing when it's and, and then and then on the on the on the flip side of that if somebody is really good and regimented at keeping these things they can build up a pride and, and a judgmental attitude towards others and it's just really terrible because um, we're talking about God in our spiritual lives here um, so you need to be encouraging of one another right uh, not judgmental not prideful not guilty um, don't feel like you're a failure because you missed your scheduled appointment with God God exists out of time constraints outside of time constraints so you can you know, meet with him whenever you can meet with him throughout the day you can meet with him while you're taking a shower you can meet with him in your commute in your car you can meet with him as I do many times in your exercise routine and your running you can meet with him as you're walking you can meet with him as you're eating your lunch you can meet with him um you know, as you're as you're reading his word, you can uh, meet with him all the time, uh, and, and don't minimize that. <laughs> don't don't minimize those times. Those are important times. That's what quiet time is all about: spending personal time with God. Um, the fourth common thing or or people that we unscripturally enslave ourselves to would be work. Or perceived in quotes success uh, so being a slave to perceived success and I think we need to define success I, I did this in the first season of this podcast in an episode on success versus failure however I keep hearing this term used in the Christian world in a sense that when something is successful uh, or a failure it's either it's either because of the individual or because of God's blessing of that something or not what a, what a terrible and unbiblical way to look at success. Uh, so let us look, let us make sure we know what success really is, which is being obedient to God. Um, and so before we try to perceive, uh, yeah, just let, let us make sure we know what success is before we try to perceive something uh, that is in of itself unbiblical anyways. So, uh, you know, you say, well, my church isn't successful because we didn't, you know, grow from, you know, 150 members to 200 members in a year or something like that. It's whatever, whatever number you want to create, uh, then you're a failure because that didn't happen. Or, or maybe you're a failure because you, your church shrunk in size during COVID, uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, where are you getting your scriptural justification for this? It's just what what people, you know, come up with this idea of success is just ridiculous, and it just leads to pride and guilt and judgmental attitudes. It's Satan's recipe for disaster is what it is so make sure you are a slave to your work be willing to take adequate breaks uh, take your vacation days <laughs> you hear that pastors uh, take your vacation days I know most of us are workaholics and uh, despite the perception of the public we actually work much more than anyone thinks we do and that is not necessarily a great thing <laughs> Uh, we need to make sure we're, we're 
doing yes hard work but work within uh, appropriate time frames right uh, take a day off from work if someone needs you to right? if your family needs you don't be willing to say i can't do it it's work you know? don't elevate work over over people uh, don't set your life up to be full of regrets because you're a slave to something or someone uh, so you know if you're if your goal is to have a PhD and write so many books and have a church like pastor a church of 500 and all these things I don't know what what your uh, idea of success is but um, and think about all the things that you might have to say no for that to happen if it if it even does happen uh, and, and and think is that is that something that you would want is that something Christ wants is that something we see in the Bible? Are we just creating biblical standards um, that aren't actually biblical? Uh, the last common thing or, or person that we want to scripturally enslave, that we scripturally enslave ourselves to is uh, our children or the potential, again, in quote, success of our children. Uh, so again, this is another case of slaves to people. And I think this one doesn't need a lot of elaboration. Uh, we see it in our unbiblical demands of our children, right? To meet certain standards that we've set up that aren't in the Bible. And we are sometimes not very gracious to our children. We expect perfection out of, out of our children, but we ourselves are nowhere near perfect. And so you need to keep that in mind. As um, we parent, uh, and, and it's not just about our kids, right? Our kids shouldn't dictate our whole life, right? It's God first, right? Then your spouse, if you're married, and then your children. And so uh, we need to keep that in, in line of uh, priorities. And we've done previous podcast episodes on that topic too. Uh, again, if you haven't listened to those, just check them out um, in the in the the uh, large amount of episodes we have at this point. Uh, with, with all this said, uh, no one can serve two masters. That's a biblical uh, idea that's in, that's in Scripture. And so you can't serve uh, both someone as your master and God as your master. You can't serve something as your master and God as your master. You know, it has to be God. Uh, so if God is not your master, then something else is. And so this is a really important idea uh, because in trusting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, uh, Lord is really, it means master. So if you trust Jesus as your master, that means you're willingly submitting him yourself to, to him as a master. Uh, so let us willingly choose to be slaves of Christ, as Paul often identifies himself. Uh, let us willingly choose to serve Christ, and and, and not put, uh, and not enslave ourselves to to man or or things or or ideas, uh, but instead to God. And so, uh, hopefully, this has been a, a useful podcast for you to reflect on, uh, whether it be personally. I hope I hope we can all get something personally out of these podcasts, but also in our in our service to others, in our ministry to others around us. Um, maybe there's some things we heard today that can be helpful, hopefully, in your um, 
and your words of wisdom to others and your encouraging of others to keep on keeping on in their in their Christian faith. Until next time, this has been the Heartway Podcast, where we seek to help with issues at the source. <laughs>